despite all the YouTube, basketball, even this show, I started as a writer and I am still a prolific writer. As a matter of fact, I send out emails damn near every day. I call this the daily game email. I want you to get this every day to your inbox completely for free. So simply go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com and get my emails directly to your inbox every day free of charge. Again, that's workonmygame.com. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get texted by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. Doesn't matter how many followers or viewers you get if you are not collecting money from those followers or viewers. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Are you tired of feeling like a human science experiment with that cabinet full of supplements of junk you're taking every day and don't even know what it is? You can't even pronounce half the stuff you're putting in your body. I know you know what I'm talking about. So say hello to AG1. This is a supplement that I take besides protein and water. The only other thing I take, your one-stop shop for all things health and vitality. It's like having a team of superheroes in a single bottle ready to rescue you from nutrient deficiencies and boost your overall well-being. That sounds good, right? Let me tell you what AG1 is. It's the ultimate multitasker, delivering a powerful blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and other incredible ingredients all at once. It's like a nutrient-packed smoothie, but without the blender, without the mess, and without that questionable flavor combination that you had yesterday. With AG1, you'll get the nutrients you need without the taste bud turmoil. And any of you who's been taking a lot of stuff, you know what I'm talking about. But hold on, there's more. When you jump on the AG1 train today, you're going to get an epic offer. Here's the offer. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D. That's the sunshine vitamin that keeps your immune system and bones in top shape. And that's not all. You're going to enjoy five free AG1 travel packs with your first shipment, ensuring that you stay on top of your health game even while you're on the go. And all you got to do is take a scoop of this stuff or one travel pack, eight ounces of water and your shaker bottle, which AG1 will give to you. So this is the simplest, easiest way to get nutrients for your body every single day. You don't need a blender. You don't need ice. You don't have to try random combinations. None of that garbage. Say goodbye to all of that. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. 
That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and join the AG1 party for a healthier, happier you. Your taste buds and your body will thank you. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you to use those personal initiative that is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we are picking up where we left off on part four of our mini series here of everything that you believe about marketing is wrong. I guess we won't call it a mini series. This is kind of like a full fledged series, being that it's a seven part series. But before we get into this, I remind everybody I send out a text every day called Daily Motivation Guaranteed to have you focus sharp on all points to start your day. Monday Motivation comes out every week. Text me to be in my text community. It's free to join. 305 384 6894 is the number. It is down below in the description. Don't get immediate response. We're still working out some tech stuff. And when we have it fixed, I will be announcing that as well. Secondly, work on your game, University. That is the place where I do all my coaching. It's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only way. You can work with me directly is to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can see a layout of what our program is about, who we help, how we help them, and what you're going to get. And then you can schedule a time to get on a call with us. We call it a game session. It's free of charge. We want to find out where you're at, where you want to go, what you feel like might be in your way. And if we feel you're a good fit and we can help you, we'll tell you how it works from there. That is all again at workonyourgameuniversity.com. We have a four part framework in our university based around mindset to, of course, have the foundation. Foundation is mindset of everything that you do. So you can go out there and take action because without the right mentality, you will never take the right action. Secondly is the strategy. That is the game plan. What exactly are we going to do? We're going to build a reverse roadmap so we know exactly where you want to be. And we're going to figure out exactly what steps need to be taken to get from where you are now to getting to that point. We're going to map all that out. Then is the system. That is how can we have a process so you can do the same things the same way every time over and over and over again so we can get duplicatable results based on consistent inputs. And then it's the accountability. We got to make sure that you and your team, if you have people with you, they're doing everything that they're supposed to do, including yourself. Then we got to make sure that the processes and strategies are executed the way they're supposed to be executed and that they are producing the desired result. So if the process is not working, we got to fix the process. If the people are not working, we got to fix the people. That's the accountability piece. Those four pieces, mindset, strategy, systems, accountability, make up Work On Your Game University. So if you go to workonyourgameuniversity.com, again, you can see everything that we're doing in writing and schedule time to get on a call with us. All that out the way. Let's pick up right where we left off on point number 10. Everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Number 10, short content is always better. Here's another one that is 100% false, but it has been widely accepted and it is widely believed, unfortunately, by too many entrepreneurs who simply don't know what they don't know. All right. Many content creators these days have bought into this idea that you should create a bunch of short content and do so as much as possible because people have shorter attention spans. It's, it's not the concept of creating short content that is necessarily bad because I put out short content as well. I just had, I'm looking on my Instagram right now as my assistant handles these clips that we put out. Just today alone, what was the first one we put out today? So today I put out one short clip, two short clips, three short clips, four short clips, five short clips, six, seven, eight short clips we put out just today. It's 430 in the afternoon when I'm recording this, and we probably want to put out one or two more before the end of the day. So putting out short clips is not necessarily a bad thing. 
It's the reasoning behind the short clips that is incorrect. And when your reasoning for doing something is inaccurate, then your actions are going to end up inaccurate. It's kind of like if you have an airplane and you're flying from New York to LA, you could be headed west. But if you tilt the direction that the plane is going one or two degrees, you could end up in a completely different place. Even though directionally you may be going the right direction, you're still not going to end up in the right destination. So people putting out short content is a good idea just to put out content, period, and to utilize short content because it is useful. But putting it out because you believe people have shorter attention spans is the wrong reason to do it. Okay. While short form content is useful, and again, I partake, I just told you, this very show is proof positive that longer form content still exists, it still matters, and people still consume it. Long form content still matters. It still matters for a reason that makes it very different from short form content, which I'll explain in a moment. And understand the most important part is not the content itself. It is what you are asking of the people in your audience through which you give them the content. So let me ask you a question. Well, you know anything about marketing, selling entrepreneurship or not, you need not know anything about these spaces to answer this question. I'm going to ask you a question as a consumer, just as an everyday person. All right. So everyone listening to this, I want you to answer this question in your head while I'm talking. Which person are you more likely to give money to? If you don't know anything else about them. I'm only going to give you a couple pieces of information. And just based on that, I want you to give me your answer. Which person are you more likely to be giving your money to? In other words, you are a customer or client of this person. Either A, the person to whom you have given 30 seconds of time, or B, the person to whom you have given one hour of time. Which person are you more likely to be a customer and or client of? person who you've given 30 seconds or the person you've given an hour? Which one? I'll take a sip of water while you contemplate your answer. I want you to think of the reason why you're giving the answer that you're giving as well. Okay, time's up. Even if you know nothing about entrepreneurship or marketing or sales, the answer is the same for the same reason. It's the person to whom we've given the hour. Now, why is this? Here's the important part. Why are you more likely to be a customer or a person you're giving an hour to than a person you're giving 30 seconds to? Because it is easier to make a second investment in something once we have already made the first investment. See, a one hour investment is a much bigger buy in than a 30 second investment. In other words, if I'm looking for people who I believe will be serious about working with me, I'm not going to just ask you for 30 seconds of your time because that's not a big enough investment for me to know that you're serious about coming to the next step. Now, if I ask you for an hour of your time and you give me that hour, okay, now I know I'm talking to some serious people because whatever I said in that hour had your attention enough for you to actually consume it all. Now, if I gave you 30 seconds and you consume that, that's not enough of a buying. I don't know if that's enough, all right? Which person are you more likely to be in a long-term relationship with? The person who you talk to for 30 seconds at the train station or the person who you've gone out on 30 dates with and spent 30 nights at their house and they spent 30 nights at your house. Of course, the person you give more time to because there's more of a relationship in that place because you spent more time there. That time matters in marketing everybody. Right? And in an hour, for example, I can give 30 seconds of my time. Let's say I'm a consumer. Let's say on the consumer side. So I'm thinking about buying something, but I don't know what I'm going to buy. I can give 30 seconds of my attention to 120 different people over the course of an hour. 30 seconds, 120 different times over the course of an hour. You just divide the hour up into 30 second intervals. Now, does that mean I'm going to buy from any or 
all of those 120 people? No, I probably won't buy anything from any of them. Why? Because I haven't had enough time to even digest or process what I consume or even think about whether or not I want it. I haven't invested at all. I'm not mentally invested in any of these people. But if I spend an hour in a conversation with a person, I'm at least considering what they're offering. Now, if I'm I'm a consumer and you're selling me something and I spend an hour in a conversation with you, I'm at least considering what you got. Because otherwise, I wouldn't let the conversation even keep going if I wasn't even at least thinking about it. Again, doesn't guarantee I'm going to buy, but I'm probably thinking hard about it because we spent an hour talking. Even if I don't buy, it's still on my mind that we had the conversation. Now, if I only gave you 30 seconds, I might forget that I even met you by the end of the day if I gave you was 30 seconds. And see, if I had paid attention to something for long enough, like an hour, remember that focus is a force multiplier. We talked about focus in episode 1193. Then I know exactly what you're offering because in an hour you were able to explain it. I know exactly what it could do for me. Again, you've explained it. And I have been already considering in my mind what it would look like because again, in an hour, my mind is going in all different directions as you're telling me what it is that you're doing. See, I can't do those things in 30 second bursts. Now, while I am a fan of thinking fast and making decisions fast, an hour to picture something versus 30 seconds to picture something is a big difference. So content creator, you need to be making long form content as well as your short stuff with the understanding as not as many people are going to consume the long stuff necessarily, but that's a good thing. Why is it a good thing that not as many people may consume the longer stuff that you do? People who do consume it are those who might be your best leads. See, if you ask people for 30 seconds, you don't know if they're serious or not. You ask people for 30 minutes and they give it to you. Okay, that person is at least eligible to be serious. Even if they're not serious, they're at least eligible because at least they gave you the 30 minutes. Person won't give you 30 minutes is not serious. And the reason why so many people get this wrong these days is because many people have been conditioned to seek out the dopamine hits that come with vanity metrics, i.e. how many clicks, how many views, how many likes, how many subscribers, rather than the entrepreneurial benchmark of dollars collected and actually making money. The social media apps want you to follow the benchmark of vanity metrics, likes, comments, followers, subscribers, etc. The entrepreneur wants you to follow the benchmark of actually making money. Sometimes you will be able to do both. There will be times where you have to choose and you cannot do both. That's why you need to understand these principles, what works, how it works and why so that you're not making mistakes. So understand this and tattoo this on your forehead. It does not matter how many followers or views you are getting if you are not collecting any money from those followers or viewers. Let me say that again for the influencers out there. It doesn't matter how many followers or viewers you get if you are not collecting money from those followers or viewers. You know what is the biggest thing that separates the high level performers from everyone else out there? It is not talent. It is not hard work. It is not resources. It is not knowledge. It is not skill. It is the fact that they have a process and a strategy for how to show up and give their best effort, even on the days when they don't feel like being at work. Does any of you ever have one of those days? Does any of you have one of those days right now? That day is called the third day. We put a label on it and we describe exactly what it is in my new book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. In this book, I will not only describe to you what the third day is, but I will help you create a formula for yourself for you to show up and give your best effort, even on those days when you don't even feel like going to work. In that book, you're going to become a professional and no longer be an amateur. I'll give you a free copy of it. As a matter of fact, all you have to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Again, thirddaybook.com. Point number 11. We are talking here today about everything you believe about marketing is wrong. We are on a series. This is part four, number 11. 
Marketing is only for big businesses. Now, I could have put this point earlier in the series because if you've been paying attention, you know that this is complete nonsense. So this one has already been knocked out indirectly through previous points. But let's talk about this point. Anyone who is doing any form of business, whether you are the head of Facebook or you're running a local lemonade stand or you're helping your daughter sell Girl Scout cookies, you must always be marketing. Marketing is not only for big businesses and marketing is not only for people who are quote unquote official businesses. Marketing is for anyone who wants to make money in the marketplace. Let me say that again. Marketing is for anyone who wants to make money in the marketplace. Doesn't matter what your actual job is, you must be marketing. Marketing is for anyone who wants to do business, period. All right, doesn't even matter what you're doing. Again, you don't even have to be an, an entrepreneur. And I know I have a lot of coaches, sport coaches who listen to the show. If you were to get fired from your job that you coach at right now, coach, and you need another job, would you be out there marketing yourself? Of course you would. Uh, you would reach out to all your warm contacts. You go through your Rolodex of all the people that you know. You would look at all the job openings that are out there, at least the ones that you know about, and see which ones maybe you can make yourself eligible for. What are you doing? Marketing. You would polish up your resume and you would try to figure out, okay, how can I best position myself to get my next opportunity because the last one's over? What are you doing? You're marketing. When I was trying to get on playing professional basketball, I told you some of you have heard me tell the story that first thing I did was go to an exposure camp, which is a way to market myself. Exposure is a form of marketing because I was able to expose my game to some decision makers who could actually possibly help me move forward. Then when I came back from the exposure camp, I'm back home. I started cold calling basketball agents. What was I doing? Marketing myself. I wanted to get one of those agents on the phone so I could pitch them on the concept of representing me. I was trying to sell myself to them, but I had to market to them first. In order to get the sale, I had to first market. Like, here's who I am. Here's what I got. Here's what I can do. Then I was sending out bubble mailed copies of a VHS film that had my best basketball footage on it. All of that was part of the marketing process. And again, I'm bringing that up because I wasn't an entrepreneur at that time. I was trying to get a job, but I was marketing myself in order to get a job. So anyone who wants to make money in business in any way, shape or form, you must be marketing. If you are not marketing, then people can't know that you're there. Therefore, they can't come to you and they can't get what you're offering. They just are completely unaware of your presence. Every entrepreneur listens to this. Even if you are a solopreneur and you do everything on your own in your business, you must have a plan and a strategy for marketing you and or your stuff. If you do not have a plan or strategy for marketing your stuff, you are putting yourself in peril when it comes to the mandate of generating revenue and collecting dollars, which is what a business owner must do. Uh, the only way your stuff's going to get sold is if someone is marketing and selling it. And this is why marketing is an ongoing thing that never ends in business. It is not a stop and start. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a set it and forget it thing. Have you ever wondered why so many people have big goals and big dreams for themselves and they work hard every single day, yet they never reach their goals? You ever wondered about that? I have. And I found out the reason why this happens. Is because most people never ask themselves a key third question, which is, who do I need to be while I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can have what I want to have? You see, if you never fix your mindset and the way that you're thinking about a situation and the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself in the mirror, then it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what you want. You will never get there because you simply have an inaccurate formula. I wrote the book called The Mirror of Motivation, which addresses this first question. Who do I need to be? Then when you answer that question, then when you do what you need to do, it will produce the outcomes of you having what you want to have. If that sounds like it might be the missing link in your process, and let me let you know, 
It is the missing link in your process. Go to mirrorofmotivation.com. All you do is cover the shipping and I'm gonna give you a free copy of that book physically mailed to your doorstep. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. So you can be who you need to be, then do what you need to do, and then you're gonna have what you wanna have in your life. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Number 12, we are today on part four of our series, Everything You Believe About Marketing Is Wrong. Number 12, negative attention is bad. This is false. Now, this point requires a bit of nuance, but the nuance is actually pretty simple. Negative attention can be very useful for you with the caveat that you need to have the internal fortitude, whether as a person or as an entity, to weather the storm of negative feedback. In other words, if you are going to do something that you know may draw negative feedback or you do something and you're intentionally looking for negative feedback, as long as you have the intestinal fortitude to deal with the pushback when it comes, then yes, negative feedback is great for you because all it's doing is drawing attention to you. It is marketing and you can leverage that attention for your own purposes as long as you can deal with it. Now, if you're not ready to deal with that blowback, then don't get into the negative attention game. Now, if you get negative attention through no fault of your own, you weren't trying to, but it just happens. Now that's a different thing. But if you do something on purpose, knowing you're going to get negative feedback, just be ready to deal with it. That's all. That's all I'm saying here. So not everyone is built to deal with backlash coming from the public. And the public doesn't have to be all 300 million Americans or 8 billion people, period, because very few things that all 8 billion people on the planet care about all at the same time. Backlash from the public could be 10 people sending you a negative DM all in the same day. Backlash from the public could be you getting three responses to an email you just sent out and all three are people disagreeing with you and pushing back. So backlash from the public is relative to who you are and what you're thresholds are for how much you can take before it starts to feel overwhelming. For some people, it's only one negative comment. For some people, it's 10. For some people, it's 1,000. Some people, they could take as many as you got and it doesn't bother them. So we're all different, but you need to know who you are so you know what you can handle. And again, there's one thing when you're getting backlash from the public, especially another thing when you're getting it from people who you don't even know, or there's a whole other thing when you get it from people who you do know. When you get negative feedback from people who you do know, maybe that bothers you more than when you get negative feedback from somebody who you never heard of before. You can just dismiss some random nobody on social media in the comments. It's hard to dismiss somebody who you personally know who says something about you that they're not feeling what you did or they're not feeling something about something you said or something they've heard about you or whatever it, it may be. Some people fall apart under that type of heat. They melt under that heat. Others, on the other hand, thrive on it. So the whole point is you got to know yourself and you got to know and also, if you run an organization, you need to know the temperature of your organization. What is the temperament of the organization as a whole? Can your organization stand up to that kind of negative feedback? Negative attention can be very useful as long as it doesn't cause you to crack and lose your presence of mind and forget about what the actual goal is, which is, again, collecting money. Now, your goal is collecting money. So if this negative attention can help you get closer to collecting money, then go ahead and deal it. And you can deal with the negative feedback. Now, if you can't deal with the negative feedback or it's not helping you get closer to collecting the money, either one, then you can do things a different way. All right. There are many business people and businesses who have capitalized strongly on negative attention. I'll give you some examples. Every presidential candidate, every single one, you take every presidential election we've had. I believe at this point we have 46. I believe Joe Biden is the 46th president in the history of the United States, if my math is correct. So all 46 who won. And then the other 46 who they ran against and defeated, all, what was that, 80, 92? All 92 presidential candidates, and some of them have been the same person more than once, but all 92 presidential candidates have dealt with negative feedback from a very, very 
large percentage of the population, very large percentage of the population. Now, most of those 46 candidates who didn't win and the ones who did win were dealing with negative feedback coming from the traditional press and maybe people they were running into in person. So that's newspaper, TV, and whoever they ran into in person. Now is a different animal. So we take this last, let's just go back to maybe 2000 and we'll say 2008, like the Obama, first Obama campaign. I think from that one, from 2008 and then 2012, 2016 and 2020, those four elections, those presidential candidates that are part of those four elections, they dealt with even more blowback because now people can give their blowback from the comfort of their own homes through the internet. And a whole lot more people can reach the same person with whatever message they want, and they ain't got to do anything to get the message across. So it's not just TV. At least TV, you can turn the TV off. All right, you can put the newspaper down. And technically, you can put your phone down. But it's a different animal when so many people on every app can say something about you to you, etc. They're dealing with a lot more negative attention, but they have found a way to deal with it. You got to be able to deal with it. Because if they couldn't deal with it, they wouldn't have won the election. Every presidential candidate has dealt with it before winning anyway, even the winning ones. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, those are two people in combat sports who have capitalized on having, I would say, anywhere from 50 to 60 percent, maybe even more, of the paying public. Let's say about 50, let's say roughly 50 percent, that both of these guys became huge draws in their particular lines of work, especially later in their careers as they became more and more known and they continued to amass successes, that they would do pay-per-view fights. And I would say about half the audience was showing up just from the opportunity to see them lose, not to see them win, but to see them lose. And about half were cheering for them to win. But it, that conflict between the people who wanted to see them lose and the people who wanted to see them win is entertaining, is fun, and it draws attention. And attention draws eyeballs, eyeballs draw money. All right, and they knew how to monetize that money, let's be clear. So just because you have eyeballs, you got to be able to monetize the attention once it comes, I talked about this in episode number 1920, how to turn attention into revenue. They know how to do it. So because you have attention doesn't mean you're going to make money, but you got to know you got to have a process for turning the all that attention into something that you can financially benefit from. Again, half the public paying to see them lose and then ultimately go home disappointed because they didn't lose, but then satisfied because they got to see the show. Right. And that's something I heard. Bill Walton say this. Bill Walton's a former basketball player, Hall of Fame. I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. And he talked about Michael Jordan. He said, Michael Jordan became so famous that you no know, fans would come to the games when Michael Jordan would play on the road. Of course, they would cheer against him because they wanted to see the home team win. And Michael Jordan was on the road team. And the fans would go home disappointed because Michael Jordan usually beat their team. But they were also satisfied because Michael Jordan always put on the show. Even in beating the home team, the fans said, all right, yeah, he beat us. And I'm disappointed that he beat us, but damn, that mofo is good. He put on a good show in the process of disappointing us. So, so you can put on a show and disappoint and satisfy all at the same time. Some more contemporary examples, the Paul brothers, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. These two brothers are capitalizing on a, again, roughly 50% of the audience hating them and wanting to see them fail. I would say their numbers are actually even higher. I would say these two guys, if Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor had about half the audience wanting to see them lose, I think Jake Paul and Logan Paul got about... I would go more up to about 70% of the audience want to see these guys lose. Uh, they don't have as many hardcore fans as McGregor and Floyd had, but they do have a ton of haters. But either way, at least two eyeballs and both of these guys, it appears they are comfortable dealing with public blowback and public backlash 
and just people in the public wanting to see them fail and they're okay to keep going anyway. Andrew Tate, another example. He's a guy who I would say about half the population doesn't like him and half are defending him. I did an episode where I was, I guess you could put me in the defending him category. That was in episode number 2699, if you'd like to hear my thoughts on Andrew Tate. All of these people are successfully collecting money. I'm not asking you whether you think they're successful as people, period. There's a whole conversation we can have about that that we're not going to have because that's not what the show is about. But you can have it. They're all successfully collecting money. And what we're talking about here is marketing and entrepreneurship. And your number one mandate as an entrepreneur is to collect money. Now, I am not saying that you should just do anything and everything to collect money and don't go against your own morals or principles to collect money if you don't want to. However, I'm using these people as an example because they have dealt with a ton of negative backlash and most of them continue to deal with negative backlash, yet they're still collecting money. And it seems that they're still standing and not falling apart under the weight of the negative backlash that they are receiving. And let me remind you again, collecting money is the goal of being an entrepreneur. If you're not collecting money, you are not doing entrepreneurship. I don't know what you're doing, but it ain't entrepreneurship. Let's recap today's class, which is part four of seven. Everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Number 10, short content is always better. This is false. Short content is useful. I'm not saying don't do it, but understand you want to ask people for more of a time engagement. Those people are the filter that the longer the content you create, it is a filter for the type of people who you are looking for. If they won't give you their time to consume your longer content, they're probably not going to give you their money to buy whatever it is that you're selling. You understand this? And again, one person may be willing to give you two hours of time for something you put out where the next person might not be willing to give you two minutes. So it's not that each of us is willing to give all of our time to everybody who asked for it. We're willing to give time to people who we believe it is useful for us. And we're not going to give time to people who we don't believe it is useful for us. So you should ask for more time for people. And again, it's a great filter because the people who will give you the time are usually your best prospects. Those are the ones who are probably most likely and most eligible to give you anything other than time. Point number 11, marketing is only for big businesses. Uh, this is not true at all. Marketing is for anyone who wants to make money in the marketplace and wants to do business, entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs. If you want to make money, you must be marketing, letting people know who you are, what you do, how it can help them and what they got to do to get it. That is marketing. And number 12, negative attention is bad. It's a false idea. Negative attention is good as long as you have the fortitude to deal with the negative attention and you have a way of converting that attention into money. And I did a whole episode explaining to you how to convert attention into money. So as long as you can stomach the negativity coming your way, and you're going to have people being very negative, as negative as they can possibly be, especially on the internet where there's no accountability for anything anybody says. As long as you can deal with that and you have a mechanism for converting that negativity into money, then you should court as much negativity as you possibly can. Again, I gave you some examples of people who are doing that and have done it well. All that said, text me to you in my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. It's listed down below in the description and work on your game university. You will have to work with me directly and go through our four-part framework, mindset, strategy, systems, and accountability and have me as your direct coach working with you directly to make sure we have every piece in place as it needs to be to get your business and your life and your mindset where it needs to be. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Link down below in the description. Work on your game. Dre all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. 
make sure you message me 305-384-6894. Do you know what the number one key is for you to advance and get to a higher level from where you are right now? It is not for you to work harder, wake up earlier, or go to sleep later. No, it is for you to get the right insight. In other words, to ask yourself the right questions. These questions are usually questions that you don't have the answer to, but dealing with those questions opens the door for you getting to that next level that you want to reach. How do you get help with this? By getting coaching, by getting around other people who can see things that you don't see, who have perceptions and insights that you don't have. This is why coaching is as valuable as it is. And this is why higher level performers always invest in coaching. The best way you can do that from here is to go to work on your game university.com. That is the only place I offer coaching. The only place I work with anyone directly. If you just go to work on your game university.com, you can see all your options for getting involved with us and engaging and having someone coaching you so that you can take yourself to that next level again through insight, not just through effort. Again, it's work on your game university.com.